Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Mike Lamena. Mike, are you ready to do this? I am excited to jump in. Yeah, let's let's go. Mike is an AIF. He is a Sherm SCP, and he is the CEO of Wealthspire Advisors. I'm excited to have you on, Mike. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Great. So I grew up in upstate New York, uh, went to college in the Midwest at uh, University of Notre Dame. I graduated with a, a degree in English, uh, found my way to New York, uh, doing a year of volunteer work as a, a teacher in the in the Bronx. Uh, lived in a converted convent with another volunteer, three religious brothers, taught ninth grade to uh, taught English to ninth graders, coached soccer, ran a drama club. And over the course of a weekend, found my way to uh, Wall Street. Uh, went from an unpaid volunteer to working at Morgan Stanley uh, in their private wealth management division. Um, I came to Wall Street looking for a, a meritocracy, a place where if I produced you know, outsized results, I'd be rewarded in terms of you know, opportunity and, and growth. Um, what I've found is an amazing career that I can't believe is, is almost 25 years um, uh, long at this point. Working in wealth management, I've spent my entire career working with financial advisors, creating platforms, structures, organizations to help uh, individual financial advisors serve clients. It's been incredibly meaningful work, um, you know, serving others to, to make lives better. Um, I found my way to the independent RIA side um, through a, a couple different things that maybe we could talk about. Um, but the wealth management space is a great space. I, I love being in it. It's been a very, very rewarding career for me. I currently live on Long Island. Um, I'm married to uh, my wife and best friend, Michelle. Uh, we went to Notre Dame together. Nice. We have three beautiful daughters, Emily, Lauren, and, and Megan. Uh, and I guess that's a little bit about me. I love it. Upstate New York to Indiana, Notre Dame, studying English, moving back to uh, or moving moving to the city, and then uh, finding your way to Wall Street. Nice. And then 25 years later, how did that happen? So so fast, Mike. Uh, and it's a blink of an eye. It's amazing. My <laughs> wife and I talk every day about you know how how do we how do we have a sophomore and a freshman in high school and a and a daughter in junior high. It seems like <laughs> they were just arriving, but. You know, it, it's interesting. I, when I was a kid, I, I was always envious of my friends that knew or thought they knew exactly what they wanted to be. They wanted to be a doctor. They wanted to be a lawyer. They wanted to be a firefighter. And I always saw a multiplicity of opportunities. And at the time, it was frustrating. I'm like, why can't I figure out exactly what I want to do? And, you know, when I got to Notre Dame, I wasn't clear. I ended up studying English because I was passionate about it. And 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 when people that know me from 25 years in financial services, hear that I'm an English major, they're surprised. When people that know me as an English major, you know, uh, at Notre Dame, find that I spent 25 years in financial services, you know, people question, how did you make that leap? And, you know, part of it was, as I indicated, I came to Wall Street not knowing a lot about it, um, but just looking for an environment where, look, I had a great time as a teacher, as a volunteer, impacting people's lives. But what I felt I would get frustrated with based upon my sample set of a year's worth of experience was if you were the best teacher in the building, you weren't going to be rewarded for it. It was reward based upon, you know, tenure, how many years you served. And, and, you know, I looked at that and said, I love the impact I was having on kids, but I needed to be in an environment where if I worked twice as hard, delivered value, 
I felt like there would be reward, not just economically, but also in terms of opportunity and growth. So I came to Wall Street without any preconceived bias about you know wanting to be there, just looking for a different environment. And what I found was an incredibly fertile uh, environment where my desire or lack of focus to go extremely deep in a narrow band was actually rewarded. And it's probably unique with wealth management, right? I never wanted to be, once I got into the ecosphere, the person that knew municipal bonds better than anybody and spent all day in depth relative to municipal bonds. I respect and value people that do that. They're amazing. But what I found in wealth management was this, this space where breadth mattered, right? Where you, you, the ability to understand how all the pieces were put together, whether it's the asset allocation for a client, navigating the investable landscape. And you know, my first couple of years, I worked for an advisor serving clients. So I got a direct exposure to working with high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals. A couple of years in, I actually moved from the front office side to the back office side with a lot of people scratching their heads saying, Mike, people don't do that, right? You get the job in ops, so you can get in the front office where all the, the money's made. You know, I, I moved to the back office after having the opportunity to work with some technologists, automate things that I was doing manually in Excel. And the light bulb just went off for me that what I was passionate about was how do you put all the pieces together? And going back to my undergraduate degree in English, I had strong communication skills, written communication skills. I could understand what the business wanted to achieve and communicate that to the technologist in a way where they could appreciate it, understand it, and then execute on it. I could get legal, compliance, operations all together and build a process. So what I found was my place in the ecosphere was putting all the pieces together. So I, I moved into a, a series of you know infrastructure, operations, oriented roles in the U.S. I did a stint in Hong Kong with Morgan Stanley and had a, a great experience and found where my passion, um, my enthusiasm, my, de my desire for breath could actually play out in a way that created um, a lot of value. So, Yeah, well, I appreciate all that. And when right, right, right before we started, I, I asked you about your SHRM SCP, and my wife is a human resources professional, and uh, so I'm familiar with the SHRM part, but I just asked you what the SCP was. And we talked a little bit about how how it's sort of uh, it's not odd from my perspective, but that people often ask you, the CEO of a of 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 a wealth management firm, why do you have the Sherm piece? And we talked about how well it's the human beings, right? It's so important. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't have you know billions of dollars in infrastructure. The value is our people and what their experience is able to bring to individual client relationships. So I think it's very clear in our industry, it's all about people. The, the, the talent goes up and down the elevators, in and out the doors every day. So if, if as the CEO, I'm not relentlessly focused on attracting, you know, retaining, developing the best talent and making them a cohesive, effective team, then why am I getting paid to do my job, right? Um, I have talented people that know investments better than me. I have talented technologists, operations leaders. Um, as a CEO, how can I make the entire orchestra play beautiful music together when every one of them is better at what they do um, than I do? And and it's something that's interesting. I mean, I. I there's a lot of, of, of heads of RIAs that are um, former advisors. They're practicing advisors. They still you know, are close to interacting with clients. And I'm so passionate about this business, and I have unbelievable respect for the advisors every day that are working with clients. I just know my best contribution 
is to build through people, process, and technology the capabilities and the leverage that allow them to serve more clients, impact more lives in a meaningful way. So um, I, I love this business, and you know I think it's it's underappreciated um, the diversity of backgrounds that can lead you to be successful in this space. Everybody does see, okay, I went to an undergraduate you know, university, I was in a CFP program, you, you get an entry-level position, you learn the ropes, and you're on a path to be an advisor. But we have advisors that are, their background is psychology. They're former trust and estates attorneys. Um, they're career shifters. We have a, a, an extremely talented woman who spent, you know, decades at IBM and is now in a financial planning uh, role. That is what excites me about it. Every one of those individuals brings a unique perspective and set of experiences that ultimately help um, ad advisors serve clients, understand their hopes, their dreams, their fears of, of our clients, and be able to translate that through planning in a way that helps them, you know, live a better life. Yeah, I think that that's great. Interesting. I, I spent uh, the first seven years of my career as an advisor, and then I got uh, I got lured into the uh, the management side of the business. So I was recruiting and developing new 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 advisors. And one of the companies I was working with, they had a term that they used, and they they they, they call it that we that they wanted to match the market that 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 they were in. So in Long Island, we wanted to have. Um, XYZ people who were this sort of the, this demographic and make sure that we were hiring people that were this demographic. What are your thoughts on on that as you are the CEO of this very large, successful financial firm? How are you thinking about um, that? I mean, look, I think one of the things that I've appreciated is, you know, our clients are diverse and, you know, we create a platform that provides leverage so that our advisors can optimize their time serving clients and growing their business. And we, we want consistency in terms of the value proposition we offer. I, I always say, if somebody sat now, down next to me on a plane and said they were a client of Wellspire Advisors, I want to know what that means. I want to know the experience they're going to have. What that doesn't mean is that it's a robotic experience with the advisor. Every advisor is going to bring what's uniquely them to the conversations they have with clients. So when you have that kind of mindset, it opens you up to say like, look, we have advisors that are fantastic um, with a niche around women in transition. And, and they have the experience, the desire, the skill set to be able to help people that are going through traumatic, sometimes traumatic life changes. Um, and, it, and it's as much about financial planning as it is about, um, you know, being that trusted voice that can hear somebody emotionally. So in my 25 years experience, I think you need to take really talented advisors, give them all the support they can, and then free them up to work in the spaces that they're comfortable. So, you know, we have advisors that work with multi-generational, extremely wealthy families, and they're great at legacy planning, right? Um, and I don't think sometimes the emotional side of our business gets enough attention. You have to have the technical skills around financial planning and cash flow analysis and asset allocation and um, tax and all those things. But the advisory space is, is very personal. It's intimate. So I, I think you've got to find people and then uh, that are talented, passionate about this business and free them up to work with the kind of clients where they can create value and they really enjoy the experience. For some, it's you know working with business entrepreneurs. We have an unbelievable niche with attorneys. And you know attorneys, especially in large firms, very successful firms, it's intense and, and they don't have a ton of time. 
and uh, you know our ability to get in there and provide leverage to them is is crucial. So I, I think you got to let advisors kind of work with the clients that that um, resonate with them and that and that they can create value for. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. I I I love the. Uh, I sort of had a visual of you just waiting for the flight to take off, and you're on a plane, and somebody sits down, and it turns out that they're 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 a client of your firm, and to be able to to sort of get that feel and and that vibe, I think that that's a pretty cool way to think about it. Do you have a sense of of or maybe what you wish that 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 more clients did? to be more active with 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 the planning process. I don't know if there's a good question there or not. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the key is, you know, when we can create a trusted relationship with a client and they start to really open up, that's where I really get excited about the value you can create. If someone's guarded and they're not transparent about their hopes, their dreams, their fears, the intimate stuff, right? Um then I, I think you, you get less value. When somebody's truly open about, you know, what matters to them, then you end up with a plan that is a lot more personal and they're invested in. It's not just, well, let's optimize, you know, financial planning through the lens of cash flow, through the lens of, you know, assets and liabilities. It, it, it becomes really about, and I, and I think, you know, listening to some of your podcasts, I know this will resonate with you. Money is not the end objective. It, it, it's not to finish your life with this right. big. It's what do you want to do with that money? How do you live a life of purpose and um, intent and and satisfaction and value? And and when I talk to our advisors, that's where they get the most satisfaction, right? Um, you know, we recently had an advisor retire, and you know he was probably uh, north of seventy. You know, worked with clients for you know four decades, and. He was still surprised. I actually I talked to him the day he retired, and he was overwhelmed with um, how many clients reached out to him and and shared the impact he'd had on their lives. Whether it was helping them pay for college for their kids, helping them set up a foundation to you know realize an impact socially and something that they were passionate about. And here's somebody who spent four decades in the business. He was still surprised at the end of it, you know, how much of an impact. Uh, he had. Yeah. I love it. So you talked about and have talked about people process and technology. And I, I think that, that financial technology, it's, it's, it's incredible and it's always more and changing. So when you're in your seat trying to evaluate what's coming across the desk and what you're going to roll out or not roll out, how do you, and, and then how you, how, how just, how do you think about how that fits into um, the, the work that you're doing? Yeah, great question. I think first of all, it, it starts with the voice of our advisors, right? As CEO um, of our business, you know, it, it's incredibly important to me that the voice of our advisors and what they feel they need to serve clients is always driving the evolution of our platform and our organizational structure. So we have an advisor council, and we're constantly getting feedback from advisors on what they think they need. Um, to better serve clients to grow value proposition. I'll give you an example. We have two dedicated in-house trust and estate attorneys that are there to support advisors and helping clients with multi-generational complex estate planning. Um, hugely additive. That's a direct result of advisors saying we want to have more impact uh, in our clients' lives this way. When you think about some of the technology stuff, 
Um, it, it, it's, it's meeting the client where the client wants to be met. And I think increasingly that's digital. And if you look at what's happening during the COVID-19 pandemic, we probably had 10 years worth of acceleration in a, in a compressed period of time. If I had tried the beginning of last year to get advisors to adopt Zoom, clients to adopt Zoom as a way of engaging, I would have been met with <laughs> resistance. Well, my clients like to meet with me in person. We've always done it this way. All of a sudden, necessity created shift. And what we've learned from our advisors is the frequent digital engagement, you know, shorter meetings, impactful, has actually enabled us to deepen relationships with clients because that client that maybe didn't have time for a two-hour conversation, happy to jump on a Zoom for 15 minutes, deal with something that's immediate, impactful, and you know, it's really enhancing it. So for me, it's a lot of listening. What are, what are our clients saying they need? What are our advisors saying they need to advance the um, the way in which our, our our advisors are interacting with clients to create value? Yeah, interesting, right? It's like lots of shiny new things, but is that really getting us closer? But COVID sped it up, and now people embrace it. So exciting! And I think the hybrid world afterward, I get excited about it. You know, I get asked a lot of questions about what's return to work going to look like, and you know, I think we've learned a lot. We can be more flexible, but when you you go at it and you say, all right, well, let's not lose the value that's been created through all this um, uh, appreciation of digital tools. Um, you know, the streamlining of processes with custodians to automate account opening and the a digital adoption is is fantastic, but now what can we do with that incremental time and that efficiency? And for us, it's always about you know advisors wanting to maximize their impact. And that means deeper relationships with the clients they serve, you know, having a bigger impact, and then also reaching more clients. I think our industry sometimes struggles to talk about growth because it's kind of connected to, well, that that's just revenue. Well. What it really means is you're having more impact on a, on, a, on a larger number of lives, and and that's really where you know our passion is. So, love it. Well, Mike, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? You know, I, I think from my perspective, the the, the thing I would want to share with people is that um, I didn't come to Wall Street with a preconceived expectation for what I was going to um, achieve, right? I, I came looking for a meritocracy. I found an incredibly diverse ecosphere where you could have a huge impact on people's lives. And I think young people need to hear that story. I think the it's, it's too um, narrow and simplified a narrative to say Wall Street is bad, finance is bad, it's greedy. The reality is our advisors and team members, we have 150 people, every day are having a huge impact on people's lives. We're true fiduciaries. We operate with an aligned set of, of interest, and it's really rewarding work. And I don't think enough people are aware of that. Um, and younger people should be uh, exploring this industry. I think you can have an amazing career, um, really impact people's lives in a, in a genuine way. And I think more people need to be open to learning about our, our industry. I came to it in some ways by accident, and it's been an unbelievable uh, career. And I, and I hope others have the same opportunity to explore it. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. Mike, right. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Um, how 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 can they engage with you? So our, our website is www.wellspire.com. You can learn all about the firm there. 
I'm on LinkedIn, you know, Mike Lamena. I, I love to engage with people. I'm passionate about this industry. If there's younger folks out there that want to learn more about it, I, I do a lot of mentoring and just, you know, sharing. Um, I'd be happy to talk to people. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, George. Yeah, likewise. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to wealthspire.com and check out all the great work that they're doing over there. You can find Mike on LinkedIn and um, get in touch with them. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>